Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, Consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. The most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... So, kind of walk up to this thing, and looking at it, it's... You saw some photos already, so it's not new to you. Facing at the alley from the street, on the right, there is a... um, restaurant of some kind you can't quite tell what it is from the outside on the left there is a collection of kind of three shops there's a large dumpster up against the side with the restaurant a couple kind of trash containers on the side opposite against the kind of shop buildings some pallets stacked up towards the back of the alley looking into it at daytime it goes back kind of i don't know 100 feet 200 feet tops kind of thing it just dead ends at a, a kind of a wall behind it a lot of open space I'm assuming you brought some of the case file stuff with you you maybe use for reference, or maybe you all left that back at the precinct. Probably got copies. Yeah, definitely that, or took some pictures of relevant stuff. So you have, as a result of that, you kind of have the statement from Vincent Buck Sackler. Trace it back to where you're standing, and you kind of face it. Yeah, I was parked at this spot and kind of looking at it. You can definitely see the alley. You kind of have a diagonal shot at it. You can't see down the alley all that well, and if it was dark, you wouldn't see anything. But yeah, you you find yourself in a position where you could very easily from a car hypothetically see someone walk into that alley kind of thing and then not walk out. I want to search the area just to kind of, or like just kind of look around. I want to use my forensics to see if there is any kind of specific vantage point where no one can be seen, but can see everything that's happening within the alley. Sure. Your kind of vantage point answer if this was dark, there's no lights in the alley. If you were in the alley, you'd be in pretty good darkness. And the chances of someone seeing in there without like shining a light directly at you, again, it's not light. That's not nice. You can't get a total understanding of this, but you'd be really well hidden. Like it'd be very hard for someone, especially with kind of street lights going on, once you were past the glow threshold of that, to see anything down that alley. Okay. There's no windows facing it, no kind of auxiliary lights down it kind of thing. And at night, you could pretty safely assume it's just a dark, dead end alley and then how long ago was this was this killing this is one of the more recent okay if we're still in the car i want to get out of the car and i actually want to like look around the area see if there's any kind of strange markings to answer your question about kind of the context uh nina george was the second of the three black women that was murdered okay and that one was the one that had that was number nine yeah okay so number seven was the one that had the witness no, this is the one that had the witness. This is the one that Buck saw. Number seven was Prudence Williams. You're talking to her son tomorrow kind of thing. That was the grisliest of the scenes. Cool. I just wanted to make sure that I had my uh, situations in order. Yep. You want to look around the alley some? Yeah, I want, to look, or want, I want to look around the alley to see if there's any kind of strange markings, almost like a cult-like or any, anything that seems kind of unnatural that would kind of... You know how like they have like thieves can't or something like that, like that would kind of lead some someone to something or yeah, that'd be your criminology hypothetically. But yeah, so give me a good old fashioned search. I would like to help him as well. Yeah, do some searching. Good old fashioned search. Forty five out of sixty percent success. Thirteen out of forty eight success. Seventy four out of fifty fail. You spend some time looking around, and yeah, you have all the kind of crime scene photos of this, like where the body was, where the pile of wood was, and on a whim, you decide to try and roll the dumpster away from the building and nestled behind kind of one of the wheels at the very back of it, so it'd be pretty well hidden, like it was right up against the side of the building it was resting against, you find 
a chunk of wood. It matches all the wood you've seen so far, but a kind of it's splintered almost, I guess is the way of thinking of it. Like in this context, looking at it, kind of looking at the crime scene photos, like it's almost like it broke off whatever did this or was part of the pile and kind of broke off some way. What are people's forensic skills? Zero. Zero. 60%. That's enough. Yeah. So looking at the crime scene photos, looking at where you found this piece of wood kind of and using phrases like hung up in the air and stuff like that to kind of give yourself some context. You realize that looking at the photos, kind of the body is found on the ground and typically almost always the kind of pile of wood is found either by the victim's head or kind of roughly by the victim's feet, almost like that's how they fell from being elevated of some kind. And kind of looking at this piece of wood you found, it's almost like the wood that fell just kind of collapsed, like whatever it was doing, assuming it's this wood that did indeed strangle this woman, which is an insane, impossible sentence. It didn't walk away. It didn't leave. It didn't kind of teleport out or whatever the right phrase is. It just kind of collapsed in spot. This part broke off and kind of spun under this wheel here, and the cops just missed it when they were doing the crime scene. That's your guess anyway, kind of thing, just based on context and pictures of the fact that it's just kind of random chunk. And it looks splintered. Is there a random like time between the killings? No. Or okay. Jesus Christ. All right. You should take that for us. I'll take a look at it under some lab equipment later just to make sure it's not any different yeah yeah it's just splintered there's no like interesting thing about it outside of just it's the same kind of wood yeah it's kind of like shattered splintered wood i guess like it's again it's it's just wood using the knowledge i have from my fire science and everything else like that or just my experience with just kind of like kindling and whatnot can i tell how old or how long this wood has been dried for I suspect the answer is yes. I personally have no idea how the science of that works. The physical look of it's not instantaneous kind of thing. Like it's, it's dry beyond normal kind of dry wood. Like part of its extra flammableness is that it's aerated some. Like this kind of driftwoody texture it's got going on is very much kind of a bleached effect. It's not truly that because there's no salt involved, but it's this got wet and then it sat under the sun hypothetically for extended periods of time. I get that kind of really kind of bleached out effect that really super dry like it was wet and then it was dried and it kind of like the all moisture was not just kind of dried up but like evaporated out of it kind of thing and it wasn't like a large log so it had to bark on to keep it dry it a little bit wet this was it was like chunks like it's just kind of like small branches and stuff okay i guess i just pocket it yeah it's like the size of a film canister thing it's not a big chunk but it's like it's a chunk all right well let's do one more walk around and let's get to those apartments so which place we hit in first most recent of the three sound good, guys? Most recent would probably be fresh. So, yeah, that makes sense. So, Mira Hurd's place. You get there, kind of buzz your way in, claim to be FBI kind of thing. Like, you, you walk up, and she's on the third story of this apartment building. It's multiple apartments. There's a hallway off of it. And it's immediately obvious which apartment was at one point Mira's. Uh, it's someone who's constructed kind of a plywood door temporarily to kind of slap on from it's covered in police tape it's got a lock on it's got a police officer standing outside of it kind of looks at you as you come down the hallway and goes oh fbi yeah a boon called to tell me you might be showing up today i'm just here to kind of keep people out we've had some looky-loo problems with the neighbors i can let you in if you want please takes the key out of his pocket undoes the lock on the door swings it open and looking into this room you get a sense of why they keep kind of like saying how crazy these crime scenes are a fight definitely happened but like a fight where someone was like thrown across the room a tables kicked over and smashed like the remnants of the door that was on the door frame at one point part of it's just like kicked across the room or something part of it's like embedded in the floor that's like gouge marks where furniture got tossed around but then it's kind of just real quick looking at all of this here's apartment's a pretty simple one you have enter into a main kitchen living room entrance area of some sorts and there's a bedroom and bathroom off to the right when you walk in Nice enough apartment, not a super expensive one, but kind of a a nice one for someone in their 30s, which lines up with your understanding of who Mira was. Time to search? Yeah. All right. Search and search in. 33% critical. 48% success. 95 out of 48. Failure. So, Foxtrot, you're kind of just a little bit thrown by this. Like, this is 
it's like a bomb went off, but there was no bomb, and you kind of keep looking to see like I don't know, improvised explosive devices or something that are embedded in the wall or something like that. Like again, like your CIA train is getting in the way of this a little bit, but mm-hmm. Lawrence and Firestarter, you're kind of digging through this stuff, finding things, and not much in the kind of main room you start off in. It's pretty kind of mundane's the wrong word, but it is mundane. Like nothing. Like once you get past all the smashed furniture and just kind of like a cabinet barely hanging on the hinges and kind of some plates that have been thrown around and just kind of the general something barreled through here in a rush with a lot of force behind it ness of the room nothing of note a couple kind of post-it notes as if they got an outline on the floor of kind of where some stuff was you kind of check the crime scene things and it does show like there's a bit of a blood trail for once like they assume it's where Amira got hit and some blood dripped out of her face which she kind of ran from it or something notes about how the door's locked at the time like it was definitely smashed in like you can still see a chunk of the deadbolt in the door frame kind of thing where it got kicked through you get into her bedroom though and if the last room was kind of chaos this one is chaos with a purpose like everything in this room leads towards the point where she was strangled and found dead an outline on the floor it's a circle where wood was found it was kind of a mark on the silver maybe whoever did this kind of maybe hit her head into the ceiling or something like that and it's just kind of tossed like every she tried putting everything in her path behind her to stop whatever this was or whoever this was from getting into the room with her. Like the, she tried to like push and furniture in the door and it was kind of smashed out of the way by powerful force. Like part of it's just like been forced out of the way. Part of it just got kicked through and badly damaged. Uh, but as you're kind of searching around this room, you find a couple, anyone would these be a tad a little bit weird. In her closet, you kind of find some very basic voodoo artifacts. Nothing with any real juice, but just kind of some general trinkets and some charms or something like that. And more importantly, you kind of find a couple annotated books on a bookshelf amongst her kind of law books and all that stuff. They're just kind of practical voodoo books. And they're all the property of a woman by the name of Minerva Hall. Okay. We should check the other two locations and see if they have anything belonging to Minerva Hall. And just to clarify, the space where the the space where the uh, voodoo artifacts and whatnot, was that space disturbed? Like, was it like, because she was like putting a whole bunch of shit in front of the pathway between whatever was coming for her and herself. Maybe like a statue was like, what she has isn't super voodoo-y. Like, it's kind of like, I'm not saying it's like the equivalent of like a dream catcher or something. It's kind of, it's some charm. Like, it's some very basic, good luck, keep the bad away type of things. Like, it's not like a sacrificial bowl and a knife and gator skull it's just it's like i don't want to say touristy because this is like these are legit looking i guess but they're not they're not like oh she has a pound of raven skulls in her closet that's where this is kind of stuff that like you know you're in cajun country you're kind of you're 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 in the deep south voodoo is a thing there it's a practice religion like maybe she dabbles in that maybe like her she has a relative or something that does voodoo and gave them this to her as good luck or kind of protection from bad clients as a lawyer or something who knows it could have thought that was cool and hung up in her house. Like it's nothing inherently sinister about it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I guess what I was trying to ask was that whether when I say disturbed, I mean like it was untouched just because if, if you're throwing stuff in front of a pathway or anything else like that, you're going to prioritize things that you could, you could just part with. But like, was it like thing that was like protected in the, Oh no. Yeah. The, the, maybe some of the stuff got knocked over. Maybe like a small statue was on okay, the ground okay, okay. broken or something. She was more interested in like moving entire bookshelves in the in the way of her door frame or something gotcha, like gotcha. big items. Then theory could stop something from opening the door. Hypothetically, not like throwing these things in defense. More kind of like trying to barricade herself. So like she knew it was coming. She knew it was coming at that point. Again, kind of looking at the friends' kind of report was kind of context at this point. It looks like something hit her in the main room, and then she ran into here. Like there's some kind of marks of a struggle or like a small blood trail or something like that. Like she was attacked in the main room and then made her way into this room where she died. Okay. Was she holding anything while she was dying? No notes about that. Probably some corner notes about how maybe she has like some wood shavings under her, under her nails or something like that, that match the wood found at the scenes. But beyond that, nothing super strange. Yeah. I think we should probably go make sure that Minerva is not popping up other scenes. Good lead to kind of follow. I start taking photos of the, I guess, trinkets that she had. Yeah. Just want to take some photos of some trinkets that she had just in case if there was any kind of uh, repeat 
uh, imagery that would follow in any of the scenes. Sure. Yeah. Also, in the books, quickly, like, like you know, looking through the pages, are there any? Is there anything written in them? Uh, maybe some highlighted stuff. Maybe some kind of cliff notes, but nothing especially off-putting aside for Minerva Hall. Okay. Cool. Yeah, they're just books. Like these are books you can buy hypothetically if you want to become a voodoo priestess or priest and want to adopt that as your religion. Like it's it's an actual religion that's practiced in Savannah. Like it's recognized as it has religious status in a lot of the South, especially in areas and cities that have a um certain types of traditions that people were brought over with other kind of tribal stuff. Like it's where a lot of this evolves from. And then while we're here, can I jump on my phone and just kind of do a quick Google search of Minerva Hall? Is she local? What are you searching, I guess? Like just Minerva Hall in general, like Minerva Hall voodoo or something. Yeah, Minerva Hall general all right so minerva hall there's a bunch of minerva halls like it's it's a name awesome i type in uh one of the book titles that she has minerva hall and then author so she wasn't the author she was the owner of the book. Like she just kind of wrote her name and his property of gotcha 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 so yeah i guess uh minerva hall voodoo yeah so a couple things pop up um a yelp page actually for reviewing minerva hall for her services and Kind of like five or six ones down, you find a website for the Oak Tree Whispers, Minerva Hall's voodoo shop, for lack of a better phrase. They specialize in readings and a variety of other stuff. Well, God fucking damn it. Hey, that those books, those little occult books that are all owned by the same person. Guess what kind of guess what kind of vo- uh, voodoo shop she owns? Or guess the name. Guess the name. This is just too delicious. What's the name? Oak Tree Whispers. Mm. yeah she's got a yelp page she does services around the area and everything else like that florence actually like has a hard time she's like just rubbing the bridge of her nose like <laughs> so while you're doing this give me the alertness because you found the yelp page oh me yeah alertness of 50 baby let's go i'm giving you a plus 20 on this one actually i got a three percent success <laughs> works for me yeah so you're on the yelp page there's a picture of who you soon to be minerva she's a older black woman kind of she's in the you'd guess would be kind of like a typical for the tourists voodoo priestess garb and looking around the bedroom you find yourself in kind of looking at it's kind of like a quick glance around mira's bedroom there's a bunch of pictures of mira standing next to minerva at a variety of family gatherings like there's a couple like pronouns of that stuff smiling having a good time oh shit as I walk over to one of the pictures and whatnot, and I just hold my phone next to that photo, zooming in on um, Minerva. Hey, check this out. Lawrence will look. Definitely the same person. Maybe it's slightly different years or something, but definitely the same person. Do we want to hit up the other scenes first, or do we want to go to Minerva? I mean, at this point, if we want to be thorough, I guess we can hit up the other scenes, but I might give insight. Well, the question is, is there anything else we'd likely get from investigating the other scenes at this point? That's an impossible question to answer. Oh, that's true. Well, hmm. we could do one more. I mean, yeah, I think it's safe. Like, we'll do one more. What time of day is it now? It's getting up. You've been at this for a little while, so we'll probably say, like, I'm getting close to five o'clock at night, give or take. Uh, her shop's probably closing soon. Maybe we should go to her shop first, but dress down. We don't want to spook her. I look on the Yelp page. When does she close? She is technically open 24 hours a day, but there's kind of a note saying, Shop hours are erratic by owner. Oh, boy. So she may or she may not be there. Hold up. I grab my burner phone, and I uh, punch in her number, and I call her. Give me a luck check. I fumbled the shit out of that. 88, 88 out of 50. Yeah, you get a busy signal. All right, well, can't reach her, so hoping to set up an appointment with that. You know what? I have an idea. Florence is going to go kind of like, just make sure no one can hear other than uh probably starting with john and she's gonna call gary officer gary give me a luck check 100 fumble holy shit yeah maybe your finger slipped you're you're 100 percent sure you put the number in right but like some random guy picks up he's like uh hey you've reached patrick who is this uh hey patrick is gary there who the fuck is gary you called patrick uh sorry wrong number you bet it's a wrong number you sell this gary person I'm gonna kick his ass now. You wasted my phone minutes. Um, okay, maybe get a better. Who's this? Job you sound hot. That. You know what? Uh, Florence is going to talk to him 
for a long time to run down his minutes and then sure. just hang up on him. Sure. Yeah, you waste some time doing that out of spite. I, I, I'm totally down with that. And then she'll, I mean, she'll she'll text. Uh, she'll just double check that the number was right that she had called. Yeah, maybe your finger slipped or something, but yeah. She'll text Gary to call her when he has yeah. a chance. All right, cool. I think that we can check out the other scenes, and I will have Officer Gary go and tail our friend. Just keep an eye on her for us. Sound good? Sounds yeah. good. Plan. I want to make a bad joke about getting him to early retirement, but... So what scene are we going to next? We go into Prudence's house? We go into Sarah Gello's motel room? What's the next uh, closest, or what's the next most recent? Prudence. Sarah was the first. Like her, They've only kept that one around because it was such a violent killing of a prostitute kind of thing. And then the rest of them happen. They're like, okay, maybe there's something going on here. But yeah, the, the Prudence is the, most re- is the next most recent one. Prudence it is. You walk out of the apartment, start walking down the hall, and kind of one of the doors kind of creaks open as you're walking past. And you hear from inside. I put my hand uh, on my holster after hearing that. Okay, from inside, they hear like, hey, uh, you guys cops? No way. Uh, I'm, I like the door swings open. It's an older black gentleman kind of standing there with a cane. Uh, I, I'm one of Mira's neighbors, I guess. She was, she was good to me. Um, I tried telling them about some stuff that was going on. I got, that was happening around the time her death happened, but they really weren't interested in it. Kind of like they were all caught up in the whole serial killer thing. And what I was telling them didn't line up with that. Where are you telling them? Kind of like looks down the hallway at the cop and kind of like sneers a little bit. Here, come inside. I'll talk to you here. All right. I'm going to just be alert with the whole situation. Sure. Oh, yeah. Same. My hand is definitely not too far from my holstered weapon. Yeah. So you walk into his apartment. It's the same layout as. Mira's, except it's a little less maintained, probably stacks of newspapers, four or five cats milling about that all seem interested in you as you walk in, kind of like gestures at a couch up. Uh, here, sit down. Uh, uh, apologies about the mess. I wasn't expecting to have guests anytime soon. Kind of like sits down in a chair opposite the sofa. Um, yeah, so I tried telling the cops about this, but they said it didn't matter. Uh, I think Mira had a stalker. Oh, did you see them? Yeah, a couple times. Never got a super good look at him, but like really short fellow, like maybe not, definitely not six feet tall, like maybe like barely above five feet or something. I don't know. I'm bad with heights. I guess kind of like puts a gesture to hair up in the air. It's like uh, uh, about this height. Um, I don't know, like five, six at the most. Real small, kind of like thin build. I guess I never got a good look at him. It's kind of occasionally I'd hear something in the hallway and there'd be this guy kind of down by her door and. I'd open my door, he'd scuttle off down to the opposite end of the hallway and disappear. I think I saw him outside the building once in the bushes or something. I kind of like tapped his head for a second. I, think I heard his voice, though, once. Uh, kind of nasally, almost. Like, sniffled a bunch. Tried to get in the building. He was like, delivering a pizza or something. Did he ever get contact with Mira? I, I, I don't know. I told him to hightail it once or twice. That she was a lawyer. and seemed more than capable of taking care of herself. I Honestly, I'm not even sure she knew he existed. It was kind of this, like, little dude that showed up here once or twice i i could be mistaken though too he's just kind of just kind of here once or twice when was the last time you saw him like never mind hold up you saw him on the on the day that mira had been attacked no no, nothing like that um kind of like rubs his chin for a couple minutes uh it's like trying to think really hard i haven't seen him in a long time um i used to see him like once a month or so back before all the Kind of positive. He's having a hard time kind of keeping track of time in his head. He's like, I think I maybe saw him like, I don't know, a week or two before Mira's murder, but I, I could be confusing. It's, um, it, it, he hadn't been around for a while before that. Uh, maybe took a restraining order out on him or something like that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Again, like the cops didn't really seem to care about it. It didn't match like the profile they had or something. What was he doing? Like, what was he doing the last time you saw him? Just. What he normally does, he was kind of like outside her door or something, uh, just rubbing his forehead some, like he's trying to remember something that's kind of not coming to him. Was it like drawing anything or like messing with anything? Nah, nothing like that. Um, uh, it's, it's just so foggy. Um, don't give me a persuade or a charisma check or whatever one of those is better for anyone. What's people's persuade or charisma? My persuade is 40. You can try that, actually. 79 and a 40 fail. Yeah, I, he's still kind of like not remembering. He's like, ah, can't have been that important. Um, 
just a strange kind of little fellow. Didn't really seem dangerous, more kind of like nervous all the time, whatever. It's kind of seen him down by her door every once in a while. Like, if I'm being honest, it might be nothing. Like, I think he was too afraid to knock on the door, maybe, or something. But kind of looks at you. I haven't seen you before, and you're kind of looks at your jacket. Well, you're not local, so I thought I should tell someone about that before I forgot. Well, I'm glad you told us. That's a more, more information is always good. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for stepping forward. Anytime. I, I hope you find who did that to her. Uh, she was a good girl. Uh, Kasia would help me out with some stuff. Brought me food once or twice. Uh, it's a damn shame what happened to her. I, it's a damn shame any of this is happening, but I, I only knew her, unfortunately, so I can't really speak for the rest of them. You've been more than helpful. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about Mira? What she was like? What kind of stuff that she was getting into? Uh, Yeah, sure, I guess. Um. Busy as best I can understand. I think she worked as a lawyer or something like that. Uh, she's lived in the building for a while, though. Um, like scratches head, like I, I don't know, easily ten years maybe or something like that. I, I can't quite remember. I kind of pause. The building didn't used to be all that nice. It got kind of it got revitalized a couple of years back, and we all kind of got upgrades to our apartments if we took a bit of a rent increase. And I think she took that. I didn't want to pay more, so I didn't kind of gesture around and well. I don't have much need for a fancier dishwasher when I only have a couple plates left. Uh, but, but I'm rambling, sorry. Uh, I think she had a boyfriend. Uh, nice fella. I think I saw him once or twice. I think he, yeah, I think she had him help me kind of carry some groceries up once or twice as well. Uh, you know his name? Kind of like stretch his head. I, I, I don't remember. I only met a couple times. Um, King or something? I, I don't remember. I, distinct name. Big fella, um, but like a linebacker. Good-looking couple. Uh, well, if I'm being honest, Mira was quite the looker, and her boyfriend definitely kind of complimented that. Uh, Beautiful-looking girl. Just like I guess starts to ramble again. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, I'm not sure I know much else. Uh, she was just a nice person, you know, kind of those rare nice people that take you go out of your way to help you out just because no one else has been. Like scratches his head again for a second. Uh, give me a persuade or a again, so I have the same deal. So a persuade or a charisma if you want to try and help him remember something. Or maybe a psychotherapy, if anyone has that. I didn't think of that previously. No, I have that at 10, so mm-hmm. I won't even try it. I'll let somebody else try to roll this time, because I failed to persuade before. I'll do it this time. All right. 25 out of 69 success. Yes, you kind of put a reassuring hand on his like leg or something. Like, yep. How do you reassure him, or kind of like try and coax his memory along? Uh, yeah, she'll sit down next to him and like place a hand on his leg and just gives him like a reassuring nod and says, um, take your time, just think it through. The gears are kind of grinding in his head. He pauses for a second. I think she called her her auntie once or something. A real strange looking woman. On the shorter side, a little bit kind of heavier set. Had like bone earrings or something. Uh, an M name. I'm blanking on it though. I, Was her name Minerva? Yeah, maybe that's it. I just know she came by and offered to like bless everyone's apartment for free or something. And Mira kind of like coaxed her away at that point saying don't bother my neighbors i nice enough lady but definitely kind of a little bit of a weirdo i think she had like a burning stick of sage or something when she stopped by i pull up her picture on my phone yeah her that 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 woman how long ago was she here i don't know she stopped by every once in a while they i think they were family or something at least friends of some kind well this has been very informative thank you thank you um if there's anything else you remember or you see anything that you'd like to let us know, uh, Florence will uh, write down her burner number in hand. Yeah, that makes sense. He kind of takes it. Yeah, I, I probably won't, but if I do, um, I'll pass on. If I see the strange little guy, I'll let you know as well. Um, try and get a picture of him for you or something if you want. That'd be great. I like Bob's head in agreement. Well, if you wouldn't mind showing yourselves out, I've made myself comfortable here, and I don't feel like getting up. Uh, kind of its size slowly. Um. I really hope you find whoever's did this. Mira didn't deserve to die. It's a damn shame. Thank you so much. We'll find out who did this. Glad to be of help, and uh, thank you for listening to me. The, the police officers that took my statement didn't seem really all that interested in what I had to say. Hope some of it helps. Eh, don't worry about talking to the police. They're basically useless anyway. And as smirks at that, damn right. Uh, fire started to get up and leaves. Hey, you all exit the apartment building. It's safe enough. Nothing else happens. You're exiting. Florence will see if Gary has responded yet. As you're leaving, he'll calls you back at that point. Hey, uh, uh, you called earlier? Or you tried to get a hold of me? Yeah, I need you to do me a favor. Wow, I'm actually part of this. Uh, yeah, yeah, what do you need? 
There's a woman by the name of Minerva Hall. She owns a shop at uh, Florence will give the address. I just need you to tail her for a bit. Kind of pauses for a sec. You hear some kind of tapping. Ah, uh, she's one of the voodoo ladies. Uh, yeah, uh, I can go take a look. Uh, I think she's somehow involved. It's voodoo and hoodoo type of stuff. It's not really, well, you know, real. Look, if you do this well enough, I'll I'll see about getting you uh, a little bit more information. Just call me if anything seems off. Uh, yeah, sure. My shift's almost over. I can go. I can go. Kind of keep an eye on that. Sweet. Thank you. Anything I should be uh, especially aware of? Is she gonna like? I don't know, try and strangle me or something? I would hope not, but if she does, you should call us. Yeah, a little, little bad humor, huh? If you do see a man, and uh, Florence will give the description of the um, man that the uh, they had just explained to them, or described to them, to him, call me. I have a pause for a second on the phone. The guy said he was real short and a little bit sickly looking or something? Yeah. Well, that's just too much of a damn coincidence to not mention. Jim Williams, the son of uh, one of the victims. He's a real shrimpy dude. Balding, glasses. Looked sick the entire time we had him for questioning about kind of what happened with his mother. Was this the guy that lived with his mother? Yep. The guy you're meeting tomorrow. Good to know. Just keep an eye on her. Don't let anything happen to her. Yeah, sure. Damn. Little Jim Williams might be in some way involved in this. Who'd have thunk it? Kind of hangs up at that point. I feel bad, guys. He's got a few more years till retirement. He's probably going to get dragged into this. Well, some people just get the short end of the stick. A curiosity killed the cat. In reality, curiosity throws you into Delta Green. And gets you probably choked out, I guess. Yeah, or eaten by a house. Eaten by a house? How'd that one turn out? Um, let's not talk about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Ooh, that one still stings. All right, I'll find out later. Anyway, sounds like another civvy's going to end up being another secondary casualty. What, you know too much about some stuff, or weirdly connected, or is it more so he's just doing an error that he's just going to end up, you know, taking an early, early retirement? No, I think that he is doing errands for us far too willingly for our mutual benefactors to look the other way. He's the exact type of person that they look for. I mean, what did they get you in on? Uh, you know, honestly, I almost forgot. All I know is that that stuff is still out there. First time I ended up crossing something interesting was after a fire. I got contacted, and now it's like, hey, I just want to make sure that that stuff doesn't continue leaking out, and I'll burn anything that shouldn't exist. What about you, John? About me. What brought you in? A phone call. Well, if we're going to interview Jim tomorrow, why don't we go to his mother's house? We can do some social engineering while we're there. Yeah, I think we could probably... Start looking at some of the uh, underbelly activities that may have been left by Jim, especially if we need to apply some pressure or anything else with that. Of course, we could always just kind of meet Jim in an off-site location. And I was thinking that, yeah, we should do that. Get his number and call him and reschedule it to be somewhere else where it's not going to be recorded, especially if we make the determination that he has to come off the board. I'll bring my interrogation tools. My eyebrows like perk up hearing this. You're not talking about torture, right? I'm not saying that that's going to be plan A, but it's going to be like plan A point two, just in case if it's not something that, you know, he's going to be cooperative about. I'm just saying that torture is proven to not be effective. I mean, I guess it's good intimidation. And I'm saying I'm not going to be immediately jumping into using it, but I'll have it on me. Always good and not need, then need and not have. Is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. Sure. All right, let's go. It's, it's starting to get late at this point, so the last stop is going to be Prudence Williams' house. Yeah. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Now that Officer Williams kind of keep an eye on the voodoo house, if you will, overnight kind of thing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so Prudence Williams' house is pretty typical. The house kind of hints at maybe slightly lower income, but not destitute like more just kind of bought a time ago and not necessarily maintained perfectly again like uh, there's no mention of a husband or anyone but her son involved in her life or any way shape or form through all of this so that, that kind of tracks like maybe maybe divorce maybe dead early kind of thing i also houses get old kind of thing and the house definitely looks like that so one store it's kind of a ranch style thing it's small front yard main front door bunch of police tape around there was a cop kind of stationed out front to kind of keep people away from it they put up 
piece of plywood across the front door, keep out, et cetera, et cetera, all over that. Do you approach the crime scene immediately or do you kind of pull up and just kind of look at it for a couple of minutes before you get out of your car? We should do like an initial uh, walk around, I think. What do the rest of you think? Yeah, better studying the environment is not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm kind of with him on that one. Would I be able to do a forensics check, just kind of looking around to see what I can get in terms of how situated the house is in it when it comes to breaking and entering? That'd be more of a criminology thing, though. I guess what are you looking for? Just kind of like approaches or whatnot or what? Kind of approaches, blind spots, just kind of vantage, po- like opposite vantage points. The previous place had a stalker, had someone kind of like peering in. So I'm trying to see whether or not there's like any kind of line of sights into the house or like how does this person know like the layout of the house or what's resources around the house in order for them to kind of perpetrate the crime? What do people have for criminal science? I guess all of you, because I'm not sure if Firestarter would necessarily have that. Criminal science? Sorry, uh, criminology. Uh, I've only got 10. 10 as well. We're all at 10. I just have the higher forensics, I think. <laughs> does anyone have military science? I do. Military science land at 50%. Okay, yeah, then you can... It's not quite what you'd be looking for in this case, but kind of from a tactical standpoint. The front of the house is very exposed. From a defensible standpoint, it'd be a bad place to set up shop. And it would also, as a result of that, probably not be the best place to break into the house. Like if you were a human burglar or human murderer or human hitman type of thing, that wouldn't make sense. It's exposed. There's a street. You know, neighbors could see you. Everyone across the street could see you. Anyone driving by could hypothetically see you. Like it's gotten late enough to have the street lamps are on. They're maybe not like full on illuminating, but you can kind of see that like the front of the house would not be if you were a career criminal or someone trying to get away with this, where you would go necessarily. It just doesn't make sense. You can't see it from the street, but like if there's a side door or a rear door of some kind, that would be the much more logical approach. Mm. And just kind of looking at the house and kind of looking at the front door, it seems like it went through the front door, so because it's got the plywood up, but that might not be the case. But yeah, that's well, you're kind of gleaming from the street. Like the, the sides... Well, it'll be kind of obscured, like the good shadow cover there from the side buildings and stuff like that, and also just less windows because you don't want to look at neighboring buildings. So, in theory, that'd be a better approach to kind of get around the house. You could, in theory, go over it if you could fly or something like that. But again, that's not really a thing you're taking into account here. Looking back behind the place, it looks like it's just kind of more houses eventually, but you have to get behind it to see in more detail. Has the crime scene been cleaned up since? It was kind of discovered, or has it been kind of untouched and whatnot? It's been preserved. They've taken the body out and stuff like that. Things that will go bad and reek, they've cleaned up. But with kind of violent crimes like this, they typically kind of preserve these crime scenes deliberately. So if new investigators get added or people can kind of revisit and see if they can find new clues. The house is kind of on lockdown. The cop is there as much to keep people out as to make sure the only people go in that have authorization to be there and aren't going to mess with the crime scene by accident like this is a not a common detective tactic but like the idea of keeping a recent violent crime scene at least semi-preserved is a thing okay so like there's no body inside and there's no kind of like to be graphic like if, if someone had a severed head they wouldn't have the head there but they probably have the crime scene photos the evidence binder or a copy of the evidence binder at least and like markers throughout the space where all that happened. But yeah, the body would be gone. They maybe cleaned up some of the blood or kind of like stuff that would cause decontamination in the space because people have to work in there again. Like it's CSI is as much a science as it is kind of a curation of a technique, if that makes any sense. Outside of the plywood in the front, is there any other kind of points of struggle or break in? Yeah. Okay. Nope. There's nothing really disturbed on the front of the building. To be fair, you're not even sure the plywood is the point of entry. Like, it's just, it's there. It says keep out, police, all types of stuff on that. It might just be put there to encourage people to keep out. Who knows? And there's nobody else here outside of us? There's a cop that's there kind of keeping an eye on the place. He's oh, in his, okay. on the curb in front of the house. He's parked there. But he's just kind of like in his car, keeping an eye on the place. Well, let's head in. Sounds good. After you. Do you let the cop know you're there first, or do you just kind of go around back? Oh, uh, yeah. She'll go, like, knock on the window and just flash the badge and say we're going in. Yeah, he kind of looks at you for a second, just kind of nods, rolls the window down. Uh, ma'am, you'll need these in hands. You kind of have a, a key ring with like four or five keys on them. They're for the locks. 
we recommend you go around back, actually. The front door is kind of sealed. You'll see why when you get inside. All right, thanks. And she'll go. Yeah. Fire starter starts putting on some gloves as he's passing by the cop car. I'll just follow suit next to uh, Lawrence. Before we get inside, Lawrence will also put on some gloves. Once we're inside, do they have a little, like, station for, like, gloves and booties? Yeah, they have all the stuff you'd expect to kind of have at this type of situation. They've got hairnets, gloves, booties, even, like, maybe even a couple, like, uh, kind of pullover disposable plastic suits you could put on if you really wanted to be really careful, but no need for that. There's no biocontamination here. Again, this is an active crime scene. Not the activist, but it's been all the equipment you'd need to kind of conduct an investigation. Some cameras there left over kind of thing. Like, again... In theory, people are coming back. They might need to document more clues if something shows up. Again, they sent for the FBI, and as far as they know, you are that FBI. Lawrence is going to put on a hairnet and booties as well. All right. I'll start suiting up, too. Yeah, so I guess kind of to paint the scene, you enter through the back. There's a kind of a rear door that kind of spills out into the backyard. The keys work for that one. You'd guess that they probably work the front as well. You go in through that and kind of immediately as you step in, there's a temporary table they've set all this stuff up on. There's some binders and some other stuff, various bags who need to bag evidence with if need be, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's kind of the, the basics of crime scene investigation have been left here. The office supplies, if you will, required to interact with the scene. Step into the house and the kind of a quick glance, you kind of get a rough lay of the land. So you're actually now standing in what was at one point the kitchen and kind of through a portal. And by portal, I mean kind of an indoor window of sorts, like an opening in a wall. You can see into the living room, which is kind of, give or take like a third of the obvious footprint you're standing in kind of thing. Like there's a hallway that runs off kind of like off the right side of the kitchen down kind of the side of the house. And off of that, there's three doors, one of which you'd assume is a bathroom and the other ones you assume would be a bedroom of some kind, at least one of the, at least two bedrooms, if you will. It's a small house, not a huge spacious place. Like it's a single family home, like three people would fit there easily Four people, probably five getting a little cramped at that point. At a quick glance, like it's just like looking at this, like stuff's overturned, like there's chairs in the kitchen where you're at. They've just been kind of knocked over, a couple of them smashed. But what you're saying, you can't see much of the house either, though. It's kind of looking into the space. It's you see the occasional kind of thing that got knocked over, forced over, smashed through, if you will. I would like to immediately start looking for any kind of books that would match Minerva Hall. All right. Yeah, so I guess my question is, like, is you guys spent some time just kind of searching the house, kind of getting caught up, going through the binders, kind of getting a sense of what happened here based on what the police have put together? You've read some case files already, but now you're kind of at, in the place you give more context. So it's like it's kind of a general, slightly focused search of the space. Yeah. All right, cool. Is everyone doing that? You all can do that, too. Like, you all have high enough searches. You'll find stuff as you kind of go through the space, assumably. I'll go ahead and do a search as well, then. I will as well. Yeah. Are you rolling for this? No, nah, this is... you. Everyone's search is about 50, correct? Mine is 49, technically. That's, that's fine. For, that's fine <laughs> with me. It's going to take some time to kind of work your way through the crimes. And this is not so much a rolling as it is kind of progressing time in game along at this point. You're going to spend four or five hours kind of processing the site yourself and kind of going through the notes and catching up on it. So at the end of this, you kind of feel like you've got a pretty good idea based on the notes and kind of your own observations, based on what the police think, at least, what happens. So... As best you can tell, the perpetrator entered through the main door. Looking at the main door from inside, you realize why they just plywooded over it. It's not so much that the door was kicked in, it's that the door was kicked in and the entire, mostly, almost the entirety of the door frame came with it. That's because uh, Prudence Williams just had either a paranoia or you're not quite sure why, but she had five different locks, all of them heavy bolting ones on her front door. So normal kind of smashing of the door would not be possible it just like it took a big chunk of the door like the hinges came out of the wall before the latching and before the locking mechanism was capable of being broken so like it just it ripped out of the wall at that point and that requires a lot of strength like a battering ram type of situation at that point it's not a reinforced door of any kind but it's a big solid one so yeah this is that's weird definitely most of the house is kind of untouched by this but you do find what appears to be like Dist marks through various points of uh, drywall throughout the house kind of thing. One or two of them have kind of a little bit of splatter of blood next to them. It's like something was punching at something or trying to slam something. A couple of these are, have like smashed objects next to them or at the base of them. Maybe something was throwing something. Yeah, it definitely seems like someone who entered through the house, 
there was an attack in living room. Assumably, Prudence got away, made her way to the kitchen where the perpetrator then caught up with her. And that's where the strangulation happened. Basically, you've got there's a mark on the ceiling where whatever this thing is or whoever this thing is lifted and kind of smashed her head on the ceiling. So there's a dent and kind of some cracked plaster there and some blood. That, that's where the murder happened at that point. Her body was found kind of by the sink, which kind of lines up with this mark on the ceiling and kind of the overturned furniture. Whatever was coming through wasn't moving fast as best you can tell like nothing's things are knocked over and smashed and broken but they're not like thrown across the room all that frequently kind of thing the stuff that was thrown was small stuff that in theory a human of any age could hypothetically turn into a projectile relatively easily kind of thing Mm. you do confirm that kind of of the three doors off the hallway there is two bedrooms one of them as you assume is uh jim's room and one of them is prudence's kind of the master bedroom of the house it's about you'd expect, kind of southern, older-ish lady, some crosses, kind of not the most up-to-date decor of some kind. Jim's is farce, like someone moved out recently or something like that, but also maybe didn't have that much stuff going anyway. It is kind of strange, though. For You'd guess for a full-grown adult that was still living here, there's a bit of a kind of weird obsession with older kind of movie posters and stuff again like maybe he's been bothered taking them down but definitely looks like a kid-like quality to his room like this has been his childhood bedroom and now his adult bedroom his entire life and it's not inherently a bad thing or a weird thing but definitely it's kind of a okay this was a man living with his elderly mom nothing wrong with that but again his mom was murdered and he didn't die as part of that like he was out of the house apparently that's a little bit strange unto itself yep it's finding a various collection of Bibles, some kind of some novels you'd expect to find. What you do find that's kind of the weirdest out of all of this is a phone book in Jim's room. It's an older phone book. There's a chance that none of you have seen a phone book in the last decade, give or take, for actually like phone book purposes. And this phone book looks used, like someone's gone through it a bunch. I would like to search the phone book. Yeah. Are there any kind of markings or highlights on there? Any dog ears? There absolutely are. So flipping through this thing, you find kind of towards the back of this thing, a advertisement for a dating service, the uh, Good Time Geller dating service. It's got a dog ear on the top of that page. And kind of flipping through this again, it's, there's never any underlinings or any markings or anything like that, but there are, there are kind of occasionally very pronounced foldovers. Uh, there's one on a page with, uh, there's one on the A page that happens to have Abigail Adams on it. There's also one on a page that has um, Constant Hilla on it. But at the same time, there's a bunch of other dog ears too. Like one on a pizza parlor page. Like it's a used phone book, but also who uses phone books anymore? Anything interesting? Well, there's a whole bunch of dog ears and a whole bunch of other markings for some random shit, pizza parlor, whatever have you. But some of the names that have been victims are also lighting up with some of the dog ears on here. Is there a pattern? Not that I could see. Let me see if it's uh, my psychotherapy is 10%. That's not going to be great. So it's human int. What are you trying to do? Would it be possible to use forensics then to see if there's any kind of pattern between any or any kind of connection or pattern between some of the annotated annotations um, in this book? Not beyond, hey, some of the murder victims have pages where there's dog ears, I guess. Like there's no way of like, mind reading a phone book necessarily or kind of psychoanalyzing a phone book i can't give you much more than it's kind of strange and who uses phone books anymore gotcha there are phone numbers on the page though like probably you could potentially check phone logs to see if those line up with some of the numbers called on the various dog-eared pages that's about as far as you can take the phone book though too gotcha what are you trying to suss out beyond that i guess i guess i was like looking for any kind of like connection or whatever have you but a phone log would pre pretty interesting as well just because like the good time geller dating services just that's uh sarah good time geller from the motel room there is you have to pull phone records of some kind for that maybe that's something the cops can do for you like just scrolling through call history is not something you can do easily from a landline phone yeah there is none of the names you're looking for are on it though gotcha the phone book's not an extensive list of everything i will say that of the murder victim list like the most recent one you can kind of find in there is Prudence Williams, but then it just kind of, it's not all the names. Like uh, That's like one through seven. It's not all seven. It's like five of them, and then it just stops. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 
Does the phone have a redial feature? It does. Uh, what are you trying to you trying to call? I just want to see what the like. I, I I know some like phones have a redial feature for like the last four phone numbers or the last one. I want to see what they they were. Sure. See if they match up to anything in the phone book. They match up to stuff in the phone book, but they're not any of the numbers you're looking for. One of them is nine one one. Apparently, Prudence tried calling. I see. Is there a phone hidden away in Jim's room? Nope. Is there a way to take a twenty in Delta Green? You can take more time, I guess. Yeah, like if you want to, if you want to do a, what are you trying to search for? I guess, like, what are you, what are you trying to get at? I specifically wanted to search through Jim's room just to see if there's any kind of stash boxes or anything that he would be trying to hide and stuff. Yeah. So give me, uh, give me a roll on this. This is I'm looking for critical failures. The real answer on this one, but give me a roll to see. What happens with this is you kind of like, this will take like an hour of just kind of searching around. God fucking damn it. Okay. Yeah, you, you still, you're still searching, but kind of like it just takes time. You like, you've narrowed in on kind of Jim's room as being a source of interest potentially. And you're going through it kind of thing. You're looking at stuff. And eventually you do find that kind of up in the top of Jim's closet, there's a false ceiling. You could push that up and kind of out of the way you so wanted to. I will. Go ahead and start looking through that false ceiling. You kind of push it out of the way and kind of get yourself up there to take a look at it? Yes, sir. All right. So this is maybe the remnants of a teenager's kind of stash box. There's a couple kind of older books that in a God-fearing Southern home might be discouraged or frowned upon. There's a vintage Dungeons and Dragons book up there kind of thing, like mostly normal harmless teenager stuff. There are, however, a collection of newspaper clippings. Florence might actually kind of vaguely know about this. In relatively recent times, there was a cult in Atlanta that had kind of a bit of a pyramid obsession. Uh, these clippings are more local. They're from a local newspaper talking about something called the Sons of Osiris or something, a small kind of fringe religious organization set shop in town and were there and then they were gone pretty quickly. Like they kind of fell apart within the span of a year, give or take. But there are kind of a couple articles about them and just kind of some pictures of their stuff and it's weird, but again, like nothing a teenager would inherently not be interested in, hypothetically. Like the stuff up here looks old-ish. So we got some uh, cult fiction, some other stuff, but newspaper clippings. Florence, you're you're from around this area, right? Sort of. Uh, you ever heard of the cult of Osiris or the Church of Osiris? Uh, have I? No, that's not something you've heard of. But you have heard of the Atlanta part of this i guess that it references specifically the atlanta cult uh let me take a look let me see what here here go ahead and dig through this i'm going to kind of keep looking around see if there's any other goodies hidden somewhere uh florence is gonna look over the newspaper clipping and see what she can, can recall yeah so you kind of this was like a weird pyramid scheme cult the organization that happened back in the 90s early 2000s kind of thing they're pretty innocuous they were uh we call the Nubian Brotherhood or something like that, as you kind of best remember it. They had a vague Egypt connection. They were kind of throwback of sorts, kind of a return to the motherland, African-American organization of some kind. Not inherently dangerous, but also kind of just thing that was around. Oddly, the articles you're looking at, though, that's not what they're featuring, I guess. Like It's, like it's a more mixed crowd. This stuff seems to be kind of a little more culty than you have memories of this organization being. Like, this is more of the robe type. None of the articles especially paint them out to be dangerous. It's just kind of getting to know your local neighbors, Brotherhood of Osiris kind of thing. The, these newspaper clippings, like, are they are they kept in good condition? Like, Not particularly. I want to pull out my phone and I want to do some research on the cults, you know, see if they've got any symbolism or stories revolving around, I guess, driftwood. And, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. Searching the name's easy enough. There's not a ton of information about it. It seems like it was a very small kind of fringe organization. Most of it resolves around kind of like the unsolved mysteries of the Savannah, Georgia kind of separatist cult. The, they're the pyramid people kind of thing. It's all kind of like speculation and some poorly researched true crime stuff. Nothing super useful. It seemed they were very big into pyramids and kind of general Egyptology and kind of that general kind of aesthetic of sorts, but nothing overtly specific what's your unnatural again though 13 you would have by now kind of through various books and exposure to certain people know that and some of your own past experience 
that the unnatural and Egypt do have a connection of sorts. Like it's the wherever kind of that many pagan gods and kind of that long a society existed was kind of a very specific set of worship and religion. Very often the unnatural is at least tangentially involved. Yeah, I was going to ask if this seems like it's got any connection to um, our our good old friend in the past, the uh, the pharaoh. No more so than just kind of pyramids Egypt stuff does, but yeah, I'd say given Florence's background, she does kind of immediately whenever pyramids show up in a Delta Green operation, assume maybe some connection to the Black Pharaoh of some kind or something like that. Okay, we need to clean out the culty stuff there so she'll take the newspaper clippings and hand them off to uh probably um, foxtrot because he'd be the better one to smuggle something out of here i think sure i'll hide them on my myself is there by chance a photo of the house front somewhere in this house like people taking a photo in front of the house or anything else like that yeah a couple why i want to see if there's any kind of differences in the house maybe like a missing tree or a missing wood source just because firestarter is trying to find a kind of means or connection as to like how in the world these wood piles are showing up sure or like where these behemoths or where these like tree people are coming from whatnot so he's gonna grab he's if he can find some he's gonna grab some of these photos and just kind of check out any kind of minute differences as he walks around in the front of the house. You're kind of out in the front yard walking around with some photos now, correct? Yes. Yeah, so the photos don't tell you much about the house. You do kind of establish that, as best you if these pictures are to be believed, yeah, it uh, turns out Jim is a pretty short dude. Like, he's five six, five seven at max. Not especially attractive fellow, kind of prematurely balding just based on kind of your guesses of age and stuff like that. Been dealt a bit of a rough hand in the looks department, if you will. Doesn't look pretty well put together kind of thing. His mom, not being a tall woman, still kind of towers over him. Based on the photos, there's nothing strange in the front yard. Like There's some different flowers, maybe, or something like that, but no missing tree or shrub. But as you're wandering around, give me a search at plus 20. Oh, baby. Yes. If I fail this at an 80%, I will throw myself off my out of my apartment window. 17 success. <laughs> All right, so kind of like you're you're looking around, maybe the cop in the car is watching you and kind of looking at the photos, you're looking at the house, you're kind of not finding anything. But then you kind of look across the street through kind of between the buildings, kind of maybe off in the distance, there's a park of some kind. And in that park, you see probably a man-made lake of some kind, but there's kind of a, a water feature of sorts, this kind of like patch of nature in this suburban environment. And kind of looking at this lake, you're pretty sure if you were to go stand on like the banks of that lake, it would be a like almost a straight line from that lake to the front door. And that seems weird. And now that you're thinking about this more, there was also a lake relatively nearby to the alley you visited, as well as Mira Head's apartment. Across the street, there was like a park with a water feature head again, like again, another man made lake of some kind. Huh. I go back inside to the rest of the group and I put the pictures back down, just kind of on a, on a table or anything else like that. So, anyone notice the fact that uh, we've been around some lakes at every single one of these incidences? No. There's a lake straight shot from the front door that you could kind of see. Uh, yeah, Florence is going to pull up. Google Maps and start checking other addresses to see if they have like water sources near them. Yeah. So, based on all of the reports you have from this case, every single one of these murders happened within, we'll say, 200 yards, 300 yards tops of a maybe not a large body of water, but like a lake or a pond, not a fountain or anything like that, but like a river or something that has a natural water form. Maybe not naturally occurring, but they all have a body of water near them. Never a pool or anything like that that seems to be the connection, but yeah, they all have a lake, pond, stream, river of some kind. Maybe a swamp, even. We have Minerva Hall's address. Does she live near a lake? She does not. Uh, Is her store near a lake? No, it's her store slash house is not near a lake. Perfect. Not near any kind of body of water or specifically a lake? 
nothing as close as these ones are, I guess. Like, if you zoomed out enough, I'll look, there's eventually a body of water, but nothing kind of immediately there. Gotcha. Where did we have our initial schedule, like, with Jim? Was it, like, here or somewhere else, or? He's being brought into the police station. He's being brought in the police station. Yeah. Officer Williams has kind of arranged to have him brought in so you can meet him. Could we divert him? If Officer Williams is the one bringing him in, he can kind of take a quick stop next to a landlocked area, correct? I mean, it's not like Williams is going to go pick him up. They're just asking him to come by the station for questioning. He's not even a suspect right now. Okay. Okay. Why don't we just call him and ask to um, come speak with us? I don't know. Get coffee or something. Make it seem informal. People can tend to relax when they're not in confined spaces. There's a lot of police around. True. Should we check out this lake? Um, I'm not the best swimmer, so. Well, I don't think that we're going to be actually diving in or getting too, too close to it. I'm a fairly good swimmer if we need to dive in there and take a look at stuff, so. I mean, yeah, let's go take a look. Let's just do one more quick once over. I, I actually wanted to check the basement really fast and see if they had anything hidden down there. Nah, it's just normal basement. Cool. As storage and general stuff. And nothing interesting in the um in the mother's room. No. You said there was no Minerva Hall books in the um in the, this house, correct? No, nah, none of that. But I will say that kind of on your final pass through, you do realize there's a lot of photos here. Like Florence give me an intelligence check on that. Seventy out of eighty five success. You've known some artsy people and some people that had kind of photography for a hobby. They have just lots of photography around. And there is kind of like, these photos are good. They're not like amazing. They're not like showroom quality or even like museum or magazine quality. But there is kind of, there are some kind of like artsy shots of some stuff. Someone that lived here was into photography, kind of kind of pieced together. Not sure who it was, but there is a lot of photography shots taken. Does it look like some of these photos, especially if other people are taken from um, a, a slightly shorter angle? Maybe, but also... Jim's mom isn't that much taller than he is. He's just tall. He's just taller by comparison. Oh, yeah. So, do any of these photos have any notes behind them? A couple locations, some dates, and stuff like that, but nothing inherently sinister. Gotcha. The handwriting match anything that we might find in Jim's room. Yeah, I'll say it does. It's not a big clue, but yes. Yeah. Um. Why don't one of you call the officer and get the phone number for Jim, and we'll call Jim and ask him to meet us. I don't know, at Starbucks or something. Yeah. I mean, like, I could always call him. I don't know if you really want me to call him, but I can go ahead and do so. Uh, he thinks that you're the agent in charge, so. Oh, God, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I'll give Officer Williams a ring. Yeah, so he picks it up. Hey, they're still watching the voodoo lodge for you. Nothing so far. I think she's still in. What's up? Uh, nothing much. We wanted to do a little bit of an interview with Jim. Something a little less intense than like a police station or anything else like that do you by chance have his personal number i can get that for you he's coming by the station tomorrow like i it's like some type of ambush or something like if you go and get in the way of this investigation it's just a i wouldn't want to run the risk i guess of drawing scrutiny of like a harassment charge or something like that nah 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 don't worry about this it's not something that is going to ruin or get in the way of investigation we just feel as if we're just going to talk. Talk a little bit more of a welcoming setting than the concrete walls of a police station. I, I mean, I get it, but like, it seems like kind of a risk. He's just going to be there tomorrow. I have a pause. You want to try and persuade him to kind of give you this or something? <laughs> I persuade his shit, but uh, yes, let's someone go ahead. Someone else can try too. Like if you can tag someone in for this. I kind of hit mute. Anyone else have people skills? Florence will hold her hand up. Gotcha. All right, Agent Florence, turn on your charm. Pulling me the phone. Officer Williams? Oh, uh, hi. Uh, yeah, I was just talking to your partner about how um, it's got to be in the office tomorrow. We already have it lines up where you can just kind of stop by, and it's not even a suspect yet. Officer Williams, you know that what we do is kind of on the down low, yeah? No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, the whole cloak and dagger routine, but also, like, I'm trying to keep this above board. Like I said, the guy is not a suspect. Like he's just kind of a nothing. If you want to be looking into someone, I'd really recommend you look into Buck, uh, that Sackler guy. He has a whole kind of record and history of violent assault and stuff like that. Nothing this bad, but definitely fits some of the profile. William, 
As much as I trust your judgment in this, most of us don't want to end up on camera for too long, especially not during an interrogation where this guy could reveal some things that we don't want to be revealed. All right? Yeah, yeah. So I get it. I get it. You're you want to help us. You want to you want to really get into what we do. I need you to trust me. What's your persuade at? 69. That's more than enough to get by on this. He just kind of pauses for a sec, breathes in. He's like, okay, tell you what. I'm not going to give you his phone number, but there's no way you couldn't figure out through whatever means that he works at a place called Copies and More. And in theory, you could definitely find that place's address because it's not a chain or anything. And that's a quick uh, search on your phones of some kind. It's a kind of printing, packaging, box supply store, a little bit ways downtown. and. In theory, you could just stop by during his normal shift there. He works kind of the morning shift, so he's there roughly from opening to about four in the afternoon, takes lunch, kind of typical lunch hour break. Uh, But yeah, that's all stuff that in theory you could find out yourself that wouldn't tie, I wouldn't have to give you any information on him for, right? Perfect. Would you mind canceling the interview tomorrow then? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll still bring him in, just maybe talk to him or something like that. But uh, yeah, uh, Boone wants to talk to him anyway, so I was kind of piggybacking off that. But yeah, well, I won't be expecting you for that, I guess, then. Uh, we might listen in. Oh, yeah, I can yeah, I can help out with that. Thanks. You still want me watching the voodoo lady? Uh, just for the, just, just for tonight. And then um, I might have something else for you. All right, cool. Yeah, I can, I can do that. Uh, good luck, I guess. <laughs> Thank you.